0: Since uh, there were surprises of COVID-19 pandemic, it seems like the, the fly-by-night churches has come down and communities are beginning to recover from the scams of these churches to a point where everything seems to be coming back to normality. I don't know if I'm the only one who's observing this but before COVID-19 I mean there were so many churches people were ripping communities uh, their monies, their fortunes their retirement funds and so on and I mean surprisingly enough the government wasn't actually doing anything about it so I mean people were uh, swallowing and drinking doom and uh, eating grass. And you begin to wonder how these commercial money laundering churches are actually, uh, you know, ripping people and lying and, and not actually preaching any theology for that matter. So it came to my realization that we need to actually establish and see the difference between fly-by-night churches, credible churches, and churches that are there for a purpose for for their communities. It really doesn't matter what kind of churches they are, I mean, all churches from all different dominions serve a purpose in various communities, irrespective of whether they are Western or African, the bottom line is that they serve a specific purpose for each community. But what I have noticed is their credibility is still is questionable. And most of them don't even have a legacy. Uh, the most predominant and famous, or let's say churches that are community friendly, from the history of the time when we started attending churches, whether before apartheid or after apartheid, The most dominant one was the Western Church, the Anglican Church, the Presbyterian Church, the Roman Catholic Church, and the Zionist Church. Those are the most common community-driven churches that we are familiar with. Any other church that does not fall within those public domains, the so-called motivational churches that are driven by donations to become wealthy then. It's, it is a problem. So I would like to take this liberty to actually differentiate the real churches from fly-by-night churches and how can the church build its legacy through education. Uh, possibly this will be through the backdrop and the background of, uh, I would say, credible churches. Whether they have served their purpose or they are still in the process of serving their papers these Western Churches, including the African Churches. To educate a congregation, I think, in my opinion, is to accept a calling to empower the nation with the teachings of theology. When I say the teachings of theology, I'm not limiting my topic to the teachings of Christ alone. There are other uh, prophets and leaders, and leaders like uh, Prophet Muhammad, uh Moses and uh Confucius uh Rumi and uh I mean so many uh religious or theological uh, leaders who inspired and changed the lives of humanity since time began and that's where I'm going to throw my talk wide open and not restrict it to Christianity alone or even Go as far as talking about uh, the Torah the Jewish religion the Mohammedan religion or you name it Zoroastrian religion Taoism and so on Buddhism Hinduism they are all relevant to each and every community so I hope you'll begin to understand where I'm coming from and the power of each of these churches is to build a legacy to glorify the name of the Creator And most of them actually have a literature and a background in their education system to enlighten their followers. So my topic here would be concentrating on a church library as a foundation to build its legacy, as a duty every ministry should have as a tool to mobilize its resources and effectively maintain its teachings to keep the word or the gospel alive and protect the vulnerable against those fly-by-night churches. So it goes without saying that no church should be without a library. This is my focus. Any church that does not have a library, you must begin to question its credibility in terms of feathering its mission and objectives in educating its followers, meaning the library should be part of the communication and education center for all church matters. This means that the church should formulate or establish a team of education and communication members to manage and execute every other mission pertaining to the development. One is the church should be able to develop its followers its, and the activities of the church should have its ministry so that people can understand the background of where it's coming from and where it is going. Therefore this includes the African churches uh, they should not be divorced from having literature that educates, educates the people. Therefore, the literature and its communication deployment within this context should be produced, created, and published by the church, if it is not a fly-by-night church, of course. All literature should be about the teachings. Uh, I suppose the scriptures should not be restricted to, to any... In, to any particular language, uh, whether English should not be the main prominent or dominant language. Hopefully everyone understands English as the main language, but the African churches should also accommodate African languages for those uh, who have not had the privilege to be educated in other languages except the African language. So that the scriptures and the theology related to their information will empower the readers or the congregation of the church And I guess the publication should encompass those languages within which the church is able to liaison with the congregation for self-development, religious or theological history of the church, its formation, to cover both the the background of the founders and uh, how it came to be established. So in my pursuit to elaborate this subject, uh, I, I think there are m- most important resources for communicating. The church library should, or that the church should never, should never be without. It is the church's monthly newsletter, a newsletter to communicate with the followers. Number two, the monthly church sermons booklet. Number three. A journal of the church's past, present, and future goals. And fourth, choir and music score for the songs or music department. Five, the history or yearbook of the church. Who is who in the church? Number six, all audio files and podcasts belonging to the church. The church must be able to create those things. Number seven, a video channel or broadcast and services for the church. This is part of educating the the followers and then eighth which is the last one social media online presence to reach out to the youth and to be able to see what they are doing online yet the biggest enemy and evil that society should fight against is ignorance because if you don't produce publications and uh, communication systems your credibility is, is at stake it means you are only going to be to short live your message and not carry it for the next uh, 50 years generation to learn from. However, the church's pursuit to establish a communication center and to assign duties and responsibilities to its volunteers, it must have the church's education committee already in place. So you can't just start it without the committee. So if you have a committee, it means you are established. You are different from a fly-by-night church it is only natural that the church should first investigate which curriculum will need, to, will, need, will need to be embraced or followed in order to form or influence the basis from which their literature and material will be pro- produced. This means that apart from choosing people and volunteers in the congregation to offer their skills, expertise, and knowledge in the establish- establishment of these structures and projects, the church should communicate its intentions, its plan to the congregation. In other words, the congregation must always be informed of what is, what is the church doing. That's why you produce the literature. The church should attempt to find community qualified personnel to assist and support these undertakings and efforts. Because after all, it is saving that community. To kickstart the challenge... And to move on forward in the implementation of this library and its goals, the eight components mentioned above should form the the, the foundation upon which the the church is to be established. The church should start this process with the simplest of them all, which is a newsletter. The rest will follow on gradually and uh, when the church grows in time and more resources and personnel becomes available to meet required needs. So when you start an organization like a church, it means you are committed to theological teachings of whoever your follower is, whether you are following Christ or you are following Muhammad or you are following Rumi or you are following Confucius or Moses. It really doesn't matter. It means you want to leave a legacy. While many churches think that it is difficult to implement or the church leaders to implement a newsletter, it means they are not committed to establishing the true values of the teachings of their their, their theology. Surprisingly, it does not even require a huge capital outlay or investment you nor know, hard labor to establish the first step. It only requires the willpower, desire, and the enthusiasm and the planning of the church leaders and volunteers or volunteering congregants. Uh, Believers' chat room, which is the science of living talk book which is my blog can assist in the training intervention of the church's admin staff to get going within 30 days to explore how the congregation will respond to their first publication obviously you will need uh, the know how as well as the how to manage those systems and how to control manage information and the inflow and the disbursement of this information consistently in order to influence the teachings now, if you look at the church newsletter, why should the church have a its own newsletter? That's the first question that you must ask yourself if you want to be in it for a long time, not for flying by night. Well, first and foremost, the primary purpose of the church is, is to reach out to either preach, teach, empower, or disseminate and communicate the gospel of whatever dogma you are teaching. If that dogma is about Christianity or Hinduism or vandalism, the essence of the of that document must be endorsed by the followers or by the leaders or the management of the church, whatever the message is all about. This information can be used to empower the congregation as well as the community outside of the church. Remember, the church has got a community outside. This means the non congregants are part of the mainstream searching ship who are left out of the church because they have not found a reason to belong to the the church in the first place. This is where you find members of the famous Habula Church. Disposition is affected by alcohol abuse, drug peddling, and addiction of all kinds. So you want to differentiate and distinct yourself from those fly-by-night churches. Therefore, the newsletter can be produced weekly and distributed to the church as part of the education drive to reinforce the teachings. Other information related to the church can also be included in the newsletter, like upcoming wedding events, celebrations, special baptismal events, Bible classes, uh, prayer meetings, community crime rehabilitation programs, and the church's Sunday school activity. And the church any church without a Sunday school is not a church. The youth can be involved in the production and coordination of the newsletter to instill a sense of responsibility and commitment and the purpose to develop their leadership skills and good quality as church followers. We must start them while they are still young. Okay? So, that being said, let's look at item number two, which is the sermon booklet. We have eight items. So, the sermon booklet. What is a sermon booklet? The second item which is also as important in archiving information for the library to be considered seriously by the church, is the production and the printing of the church's sermon booklet. Why is this important for the library to have such a booklet would be another question. The sermon booklet serves two main uh, important functions that the church can use to keep hope and the gospel or the teachings alive and flowing by constantly updating people with their latest information. The church should distribute it on a monthly basis to remind the congregation or the followers of the past uh, of the last past, uh, past four sermons whereupon the teachings made an impact to the congregation. The follow-up strategy is how a knowledge of God to empowers us to remind us constantly to praise him and probably pay homage to the gratitude. Or, and the blessings he offers us on a daily basis. Otherwise, if this booklet is not in the hands of the congregation every month, they will forget why they went to the church in the first place. The second aspect of this booklet is is a reminder that, and as a reference for the congregation, uh, as a personal encyclopedia of teachings to entertain their spiritual sentiments, it does have an impact to the reader's psyche and it keeps their atmosphere and focus on the teachings rather than the church leave it into the hands of social media and abuse of fake news. This booklet is a minimal version of the big picture, salvation and our constant war against evil or negative forces. This sermon booklet allows members of the church the opportunity to to be soaked in the message rather than to be lost to negative programming and messages that will destroy the atmosphere that was built by the pastor on Sunday. So when the Sunday is over, we are back to Monday and Friday and how many negative effects can can destroy the atmosphere that was built within two hours of that sermon. So let's see. uh, Right, going forward. I would like to consider this to be part 1 of how can the church uh, create its publication journals to empower the community so I would like to end up with the sermon booklet on part 2 I would, I would continue with the church journal so please follow up on part 2 Because on part two, there's a lot of information that I need to impart, which will come in handy if you listen to both podcasts. Having said that, I appreciate you listening to this. This is uh, uh, when faith ties you into a knot, what do you do? Thank you for listening, and please, please share and subscribe and follow.